They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Matt Madness Unsanctioned. I'm Ron Pashery, columnist for TJRWrestling.net. Joined once again by good friends Paul Carboni and Joe Lafferty. I didn't pick up the last time that that was your Larry Zabisco, <laughs> but I, I do like that. Anybody your, who watched Nitro knows that. Yeah, which I, I didn't. So that showed show my colors. I did not watch Nitro really at all. Uh, which actually, maybe that brings me to the first thing I want to bring up because you and I talked about this before our previous show. Goldberg is back. I, for one, could not care any less. Uh, in fact, I really have refused to even talk about it on the show. Oh, you're such a petulant little passive-aggressive <laughs> What What I will say is I gave him credit for that, his return. The promo he did I thought was good. Dude, he cried. He did. I, I appreciated He cried like that. twice. I appreciated it. I appreciated him bringing his kid out, him hugging all those kids in the crowd. I liked Get to him. the butt. What didn't you like? E- everything else. <laughs> I, oh he God. looks so old. I, I never thought he was interest, interesting or entertaining in the first place. I just thought he sucked. Are you sure you're a wrestling fan? I am sure. Oh uh, to me, he to, I always put, looked at him as he was like a less charismatic, roided up Stone Cold Steve. What? He, he, is he old because he has gray facial hair? It takes one to know one, right, Chief? <laughs> yeah, but I have only yeah. some. Mine's not all. Oh. Right. And I'm not pretending like I'm who I was 20 years ago. Ron, Ron, you're a wrestling fan. You're a smart guy. Uh huh. You know that wrestling is about the moment. I do. It's about moments. Mm-hmm. Who's a bigger moment creator at this point that they got that they can bring back than Goldberg? You don't. You don't think it's Sasha Banks and Charlotte? Oh, good. <laughs> this thing's gonna end before it gets started. And my answer to that is when Angle finally comes back. Oh, boy. Yeah, I, I just think that match the first time they had it was horrible. I don't really like Lesnar anymore either, to be honest. It's not the match itself. It's the it's creation the of it. Yeah, and, and we know better. Um, there is like some kind of like there's all this conjecture like you know Goldberg was never that good, and I remember hearing that when he was world champion and stuff. The dude wasn't that bad. He might not be that good, but okay, let's talk about his Halloween Havoc match '98 with Diamond Dallas Page that got cut off. And mm-hmm. yeah, I know the whole thing was scripted and it was a DDP, but he's not bad he's very, he's more than serviceable or watchable um I even heard Dave Meltzer this past week saying about you know his shortcomings in the ring it's pro wrestling we can work around this um he's very believable um I, I, I see that I'm that's fine where with I come it. off the tracks now because I think now he's not believable have you seen the guy? He's 49 and in better shape than you are. He's, he's a good... They're all in better shape than I <laughs> He's 49. To me, he looks 59. Oh, stop. He's in good shape, but they've booked Lesnar to be the biggest monster that the industry has ever seen. And now Goldberg, who hasn't been there in, what, 12 years? Who looks ancient compared to what he looked like the last time he was there. I'm supposed to believe that he poses a real threat to Brock? Brother, you know that wrestling... It's a suspension of disbelief, and it's a leap of faith. So do you think I'm just being a hater because I hated WCW back in the day? Oh, my gosh, yes. Why did you hate WCW? Uh, different just because it wasn't WWF. That's really okay. it. All right. I know what kind of fan you are. I'm a Northeastern guy all the way, so I just hated the, the Southern WCW wrestling. Yeah, no wonder you're friends with Aaron and Eric. 
Which, by the way, let's get all the uh, saliva off the, off the <laughs> microphone. I, uh, the only thing I liked about WCW was Jericho at that time. Okay. Uh, I know all I need to know about you and your friends. <laughs> so, are you looking forward to the Goldberg-Lesnar face-off? Oh, it's going to be a train wreck. <laughs> Is that what you like about it? I, I mean, it's different. Everything's the same. It's homogenized. It's going to be a four-hour show, five-hour show. Yes, I, I'm looking forward to that. Um, it's different. It's new. I'm tired of seeing the same people. Um, I disagree with you. I think there is believability in Goldberg versus Lesnar more so than anybody else. I mentioned last show, um, the only person on the face of the earth that could do justice in the ring with Lesnar at this point is Samoa Joe. It doesn't look like he's coming up anytime right. soon. Let's do it, man. So you're ready. Laugh. Your feelings on Goldberg. A couple comments. Uh-huh. The return, the moment, was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The nostalgia, they produced it well. Did he I, looked like he cared? Uh, he did care. Mm-hmm. He looked like he cared. I thought his promo was very good. Mm-hmm. I know you guys have another show coming up uh, with, with some great stories about the Warrior. Goldberg involved his family. Uh, we, we all care about mm-hmm. our families that... I was able to relate like that. It's selling video games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that that also has a lot to do with it. Let's not kid ourselves. I do uh, hope Bill, Bill looks great. Goldberg looks great. But he's been sweating a lot in his performances. I, I hope he gets in shape. I hope he can <laughs> perform. And I, I don't think the match is going to be good. I am concerned about the crowd. The three of us have talked about the crowd overtaking matches. Yeah. I'm concerned that it's going to get booed. WrestleMania 20 with Austin in the ring, and both of them were leaving. We had fun with that as as a crowd. I I are they both going to get booed? It's in Toronto, right? Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what's going to happen with with the match. I think Lesnar gets cheered and. Goldberg. Toronto does not like Goldberg. Canada does not like Goldberg because of the Bret Hart situation. Right. Toronto is very informed. They're like the Chicago <laughs> of, of Canada. Um, mm-hmm. it, that will be interesting. Dude, you're talking about the wrestling match not being good. When's the last time Lesnar had a bad match? Even when they're bad, they're still kind of good. It's like pizza. <laughs> I, I didn't like WrestleMania with Ambrose. I... Was any of that the the result, or that was the actual mechanics of the match? I, I wasn't... Wait a minute. We found out later that Lesnar was preserving himself because he had signed with UFC for a fight. We okay. found that out after the fact. He's going to be fine with Goldberg. Don't, aren't you into something new and different and nostalgic? Yeah. Then what's the, what's the argument here? I'm ready for it. All right. Yeah, so I'm the only one out on this. I... My thing is I never cared about Goldberg. So how familiar are you with his body of work? Seen a few matches here and there. A few matches, you say. Mm-hmm. Um, I think going through the actual timeline of his career, mm-hmm. I mean, it was awesome. It was fun. It was great. Um, yeah, I guess he was exposed more when his matches were longer, when he wasn't doing the squashes. Uh, the comment about him not being in shape, he trains Muay Thai like a champ. He, it could be argued he's in better cardio shape now than he was 15 years ago. He's smaller, but I, I wouldn't test him. Uh, he, I don't, I'm not worried about his, his cardio. Ring rust is a, is a different ball game. 
Um, yeah, I know that he fell when he was throwing knees on Rusev. Um, <laughs> WWE very uh, deftly edited that out. <laughs> it's going to be fun. It's going to be great. I'm actually, oddly, in a very weird way, because I don't anymore, Ron, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to Survivor Series. Um, I genuinely don't look forward to their shows anymore because, to me, it's an investment of time. I'm looking yeah. forward to this, the elimination, then it's old school. There's a lot. They could have gone old school with this if they really wanted to go outside the box and really made this a nostalgic pay-per-view. Of course they won't because they're so married to their formula. So you would have preferred if they went straight up nostalgia Survivor Series this year. They haven't done like a raw old school in a while. I, I love it. And not because I'm like, you know... Got, you want the Goblet Gooker to come back. <laughs> Let's not go that far. But they could really give you something to sink your teeth into, right? Uh, you know, it's different. I like when they do different. This is the last time we're going to see somebody of this caliber. WWE 2K17, The they've done Sting, they've done Warrior, they've done Goldberg. There's nobody else they can bring out of the mothballs. And Angle, I don't think, carries the weight of either of those three. Any of those three, I should say. So, we'll see. Well, this this gets back to another conversation we had before the show about there being like a barely more than a handful of guys who have 100% name recognition. Angle's a guy who's beloved by wrestling fans and who is a great wrestler, but you're right, he doesn't have quite the same mainstream name appeal that Goldberg does or Brock Lesnar does. Nope. Uh, but I would be thrilled to see Angle back, and I hope it happens sooner rather than later. So basically, I'm just being a, a Goldberg hater, and that that's the end of that. I've said this before. It's okay to have an opinion, even if you're wrong. <laughs> and I'm wrong on this one. Absolutely. Well, well you well, disagree with me, so you must be. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see if my opinion changes after Survivor Series. Okay. Um, James Ellsworth. We talked a lot about The Miz uh, on at the beginning of our last episode. James Ellsworth I find interesting because he kind of is getting jammed down our throats a little bit. But like you said, it's something different. And I like that he's a nobody who is actually playing a part in the biggest story. It's not that it's about him. But he's actually being used as a story device between Dean Ambrose and AJ Styles. I think he looks hilarious. I think him taking a beating just cracks me up every time. Him getting dragged up the ramp, smiling, and the way he gets thrown out of the ring, I love. Even even David Otunga had a couple good comments because of James Ellsworth. No chin music I thought was great. And when uh, I think Dean or AJ put him in a chin lock, or a rear, a rear chin lock, he said he slipped right out. I thought that was hysterical because of the whole thing with no chin. The other guys that are regularly on the show do not like James Ellsworth at all. I think he's entertaining. I think it's funny. I don't want to see it as part of the main event going forward for months and months. But for right now, I think it has been like a fun thing they've done on the show for the last month. Am I wrong on this one? Either one of you. Who wants to take it first? I feel happy for the guy. Me too. It wouldn't be too different... Much different if the three of us were in that same. <laughs> yes, he's been in the indie circuit, mm-hmm. and I think you did some research, mm-hmm. and his tag team was pretty ugly. Yeah, that is awesome. <laughs> did you know that? Yeah, I did. He was on Jericho's podcast. What a great name! <laughs> it's awesome. We talked about how Vince has everything laid out, and, and stuff doesn't happen naturally sometimes. In one of our last 
real good episodes. Thanks for watching, everybody. <laughs> this happened out of nowhere. I like that aspect mm -hmm. of it. I feel good for the guy. I like that this just happened. I don't want it to go on too long. Yeah, now's Any the time longer. To... I don't want it to go on. And it's the main title. I don't want the main title. I don't want him involved in the main title. I want AJ to be the big champ that no one can beat. Mm -hmm. That's how it should be, right? Mm -hmm. Him and Ambrose have had some good matches. I do think Orton is next in line for him. <laughs> right? And I don't they all know what they're doing with Orton and, mm. and Wyatt. It's been alright. It it it's been alright. I'm I'm happy for him. This story happened out of nowhere. Vince is jamming it down our throats. Mm -hmm. But but get out of the title picture now. Well, you know the 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 mirror of it um, in TNA. Uh, <clears throat> TNA has Grado. I don't know if you guys are familiar with yeah. Grado. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, how this guy has a contract, I have no idea. How he's on national TV and Austin Aries isn't. Again, no idea. <laughs> uh, you know, Grado was in some kind of battle royal a couple weeks ago, or something or other where he was actually uh, contending for the world title and it was so laughable and it's like there's a place for comedy uh, but you know I was like mortified that TNA is taking the world title and at the time it was held by Lashley and Grado was in this battle royal and just being like a goofball and he gets eliminated and it's like yo bro I get your gimmick I know what you're doing I also know that you're over in the United Kingdom like no other but the way he is positioned, um, hopefully WWE is smart enough not to do with Ellsworth and that they put him in like a position of contention like TNA does with Grado because you can't take it seriously. And, you know, you look at like uh, Ric Flair in the 80s with like, you know, the Mulkey brothers and he would take these J-Brones and they would have these great 45-minute matches. But in the end, the champion's got to look strong. Um, like you said, yeah, it's been fun while it lasted. Hopefully they pull the plug. This past week, we know when Vince likes something, he really gets to liking it. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want it to be Santino all over again, where you know too much of a good thing becomes a bad thing. And in WWE, like that, you get tired of it. Yeah. I, I felt this week that it was, yeah, it was he, too much. And I'll tell you one thing. The super kick he threw on AJ two weeks ago was beautiful. <laughs> that was really nice. Uh, but beyond that, you know, this past week, it was like, all right. I mean, And let's think about this. Lance Storm, who's a stickler for details. You know, if you're told not to go to the ring, and you go to the ring, um, if it was you and me, you know, you're on national TV in your beautiful Baywatch shirt. <laughs> Gorgeous. You're welcome. Look how I worked that in there. You're getting arrested. You're getting dragged out, coughed. Or, and so they need to kind of like, again, the lines of reality, that fourth wall kind of deal are getting blurred in such a way where it's, come on, let's try to take things seriously. Yeah. Um, you know, but again, they're stuck on the face side on SmackDown. Scene is out until uh, December 26th filming True, uh, the, the new reality show. I almost called it True Grit. Mm -hmm. Is that what it's called? Something along those Something. lines. What's it called? I don't know what it's called. <laughs> I'll bet Super a, a Aaron and Eric know because they're probably <laughs> Cena fans. Marks. Um, but, like, I don't know. Let's be done with it and let's get somebody else contending besides Ambrose. And please, let's not make it Randy Orton. Uh, Who would, is there anybody on that roster you would make it, or is that kind of where they're stuck? I would, go, I, I would go with Naomi over Randy <laughs> when I. So you're feeling the glow. Oh, but I am automatic fast forward with anything Randy Orton. Like, oh my goodness! 
out of all the moves to bring out of the dust balls when you reinvented yourself, you brought back the friggin' Garvin stomp. <laughs> I, I watch Randy Orton and I feel like he doesn't even want to be there. See, I said that about three weeks ago. <laughs> Randy Nobody Orton does not like professional wrestling. Randy I, Orton, I don't like Orton either. He doesn't like getting hit. He doesn't like taking a ball. You can just see it. He's uh, he no. And but they're they're married to him. I when he was out for those ten months, I was very happy. Yeah, me too. But I, I made that comment on the show that I, I feel like he doesn't look like he wants to be there. He and doesn't. I didn't feel like anyone agreed with me, so I'm glad that someone. And his that. wife is due the week of Survivor Series with the uh, child, <laughs> so I'm hoping somehow it gets him off my screen. I <laughs> yeah, he's going to be in the title picture for as long as he's around. So now, Joe, you mentioned Wyatt. Do you feel like there's anything interesting that could happen to him through dealing with the Wyatt family? No. Paul, you feel the same way? How Not do you even. feel about the about Bray Wyatt? I like Bray Wyatt. We, talk, <laughs> we talked about it last time. I, I loved that Wyatt feud with the Shield. Mm-hmm. The matches were good. I liked the Wyatt match with Daniel Bryan. I almost called him Bryan Dance. <laughs> I've always... I, I that time period for Bray, when he was new, when he was fresh, it was good. It's, nothing good has happened to him since, unfortunately. Yeah. Now, Paul, I know you were clicking the channels at the mere mention of Bray Wyatt. I was forwarding. Okay. Have you always felt that way, or is that is he there just, potential for him? I don't know, man. I'll tell you what. When he was Husky Harris, mm-hmm. the uh, the body of a what was it? The body of a tank and the engine of a Ferrari or a Porsche. <laughs> That was his catchphrase. He was awesome. Um, I was intrigued by Bray Wyatt for a hot minute. Um, I, I am, you know, I, I've heard his interviews and Bugsy McGraw was the inspiration for his character. Let's not try to do Undertaker 2.0. Like it, it's just not. It's just leave it be. Um, I do not watch his promos. I fast forward them. He says nothing. Um, I love his entrance song. I don't mind him in the ring. Beyond that, the mystique of the character, it does nothing for me. Um, if it's possible to do negative nothing for me, that's how I would turn I just... So it does less than nothing. And when you take, like, Bray Wyatt plus Randy Orton, boring plus more boring, it's not the least bit captivating. I mean, I'm actually glad when they're on screen together because I can just fast forward. <laughs> one, get fast forward two things at one time. You just save me 12 <laughs> minutes of my life. How much of SmackDown would you say you're fast forwarding through? I fast forward all women matches mm-hmm. unless it's Natalia or Alexa Bliss. Fast forward Bray Wyatt. Fast forward Randy Orton. Kane is hit or miss. It depends on who who he's in with. <laughs> I've actually oddly grown to like enjoy him in the ring, probably because they keep his matches short. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, I watch most of it. I do watch most of SmackDown. SmackDown's like butter. After you sit through the travesty that is usually Raw, mm-hmm. SmackDown goes down very easily. Right. That's what I said. It, you get to like an hour and ten into Raw, and you're like, "Oh my God, there's still two hours left." It's 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 abominable. Yeah, you get to an hour and ten on SmackDown, and you're like, "Oh, we're we're head, heading for the close now." And Raw coming on the heels of a of a pay per view the night before, it, it is terrible. Especially four hours, five hours oh. if you watch the pre show. Oh my God, do you watch the pre show? I, I boycott the pre show. <laughs> I will never watch the pre show. I've caught myself Raw the past few weeks. Saying what, what am I doing? 
I'm disappointed with my life. I'm watching Raw. I watch it. This is painful. I watch it out of obligation. It's a compulsion. Remember when you used to look forward to Raw? Yeah. It's like back in the day. I mean, back in the day as a kid. And now it's like Monday, Raw. Here we go. I got to kick my wife out at 8.45. We have to turn the Netflix off, whatever we were watching. And I got to start my night. It's just, it's not even fair. It's a chore that we're not getting any allowance for. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. But they're not going to stop. And that third hour, that third hour is actually losing their audience and they don't care because of the ad revenue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's brutal. And, Three hours is way too and much. And they're doing studies. The NFL is down. The NBA is down. And you think that you're going to contend with them with non, non-compelling programming? Ugh. Yeah, I completely <laughs> agree with that. It, I'm beating a dead horse. Please stop. <laughs> so... Let's shift gears quickly from the current product and talk a little bit about, you know, a little bit of historical product. Because clearly it doesn't seem like a lot of us have a lot good to say about what's going on now. Stone Cold Steve Austin, one of the biggest stars of all time. One of? Arguably the. But I know you have a little bit of an issue with Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I'm kind of curious what it is because you haven't told me this before. I just know there is an issue. Small issue. It's been building. Um, You know, first of all, let me just say that I've liked Steve Austin. When he was in WCW in like 92, 93, we talked in the last episode about those wrestlers that everybody loves, except for A-Aaron or Eric or whatever his name is. He's so not... It's Aaron and Eric. Whatever. (laughs) This is my chair. You spit on the microphone. Everybody loved... Stunning Steve in WCW. You could just see that it factor. Again, he's like Regal. He's like Janetti. Very likable, very talented, very apparent to the viewer. I've always liked Steve Austin. His reinvention of himself after his neck injury, tremendous. I listen to all his podcasts. To hear him break down and analyze wrestling, he knows his industry. It's like brilliant. And I love hearing him when he talks technically. Um, He repeats himself a lot, which is fine. I get it. Uh, some would say the same about me. <laughs> the issue that I have with him is when he critiques the current product, he comes across as hyper-cynical. Okay? Now, I read an interview with Kevin Kelly. This was during the uh, Chris Benoit, Shawn Michaels, Triple H feud in 2004, okay. leading up to WrestleMania. It's a very famous interview segment. Michaels busted out a super kick on Benoit. Benoit had this awesome sell where he <laughs> took the super kick on the chin. And he stood there for a second, and then he took the, the face bump. <laughs> it was awesome. You know, they always do where somebody gets the leg up in the preceding weeks of the show. And I remember reading Kevin Kelly, who had been released by the WWE, and he said, I guarantee that they scripted Benoit not even to make eye contact with Triple H or Shawn Michaels so as to look weak. Because remember, that was made into a three-way because they didn't think Benoit by himself could have headlined the show with Triple H. Michaels kind of backdoored his way into that match. And I remember Kevin Kelly giving us kind of like an insider's perspective into the scripting of the matches and even the interview segments where you looked your opponent in the eye. We are in a heavily TV produced era. Okay? Steve Austin is always saying about how these young guys got to do something different or, 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 you know, the proverbial brass ring that uh, became the talk of the town when Vince was on the Stone Cold podcast. And Austin seems to put the onus onto the workers of today for not succeeding. 
It is not their fault. How can they? We're not Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold always talks about having, um, I should have called an audible and um, not turned heel at WrestleMania 19 and gone with Vince. You can do that. You know why? Because you're Stone freaking Cold Austin, the biggest draw in the history of the business. If Zack Ryder calls an audible, mm. where do you think that gets him? A pink slip, and he's in the, he's in the checkout line at the grocery store yeah. the next day paying <laughs> with food stamps. <laughs> I get irate at the fact that he kind of like calls out the wrestlers for not doing things differently. Um, and I took some notes here. The most recent podcast you did with Kurt Angle, he prefaces his statement saying, like, I don't want to be the guy that says, you know, like, back in the day when I did things. Then he does it. And then he goes, <laughs> back in the day when I did things. And he talks about the match structure. And he was saying that, that there's no selling. And uh, the, the guys don't sell. You've got three minutes to get yourself over on Raw. Oh, by the way, Ron, as you're walking out, including your entrance, we've cut that down in 90 seconds. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're beholden to so many different masters, okay? And Austin drives me crazy because he should know better. He knows the power that he wields and that he wielded and that these guys don't. You know, Zack Ryder tried to get over. He went outside the box. He's been a hamster in a cage for six years. Mm -hmm. Dolph Ziggler tried to get over based on work rate. They've beaten him like a drum. How can you expect these guys in such a heavily televised product, which is the result of the Attitude Era? They had to be marshaled in. And then they wanted to kind of reinvent their image and add revenue. And then Linda decided to be political, so they cleaned it up. So, yeah, mm -hmm. it's scripted down to the second. Yet you're calling these guys out. It's not their fault, and you should know better. Like, you want these guys to have a living. They're walking on eggshells. It's not a very pleasant experience backstage. He should be a little bit kinder about that. And, like, not continually kind of look for, you know, some kind of rebel without a cause who's going to change the face of the industry like I did. It's not 96 anymore. It can't be done. Uh, Kurt Angle's advice about the no-selling was, well, hey, if you get stuff ripped out, then start with the heat. <laughs> start with the heat of the match. He was talking about locking up and things like that. Look, I get it. It sounds really good, but being hypercritical when you're on the outside looking in, and it's not in fairness to the wrestlers today, it really rubs me the wrong way. Like, Austin talks about, you know, I'd go in there with a fishbowl. We'd have five ideas, and we'd fill it in. It's 2016. It's an entirely different ball game. Again, scripted to the point where you're told where to look in an interview segment. Yeah. I'm done. I agree with that. Or yeah. what um, Nia Jax did with the pin. Mm. Did you see that on Monday? She made sure she was facing hard cam. Yep. Yeah. That's WWE Performance Center 101. Yeah, it's ridiculous. He called out Dean Ambrose saying, uh, you know, I feel like you're resting on your laurels, and if I was you, and Ambrose I was didn't, to push it. Ambrose didn't take the bait. No, he did Which didn't. is a very awkward mm -hmm. kind of way to deal with it. It but, did, but I looked at it like, okay, and on one sense, you could look at it like that shows you the amount of respect he has for Dean that he would sure. try to tell him that. But how do you not know that Dean can't? He can't. It's not a won't. It's a can't. If Austin wants to advocate, the conversation to be had is with Vince and Kevin Dunn, not with the guys. It, yeah. it bothers me because, they again, we're, we're going to be talking about this brass ring forever now since mm -hmm. Vince said it, and I believe Cesaro jumped on it. Yeah. What are you talking about? Zack Ryder invested like 20 Gs of his own money into his YouTube show, and it got him, what, a U.S. title run? Well, whoop-de-doo. Yeah, so laugh. You could probably count on less than one hand the amount of guys who can take some chances in WWE right now. They're seeing it. Who who else do you see that even could take any chances with their character? 
I think they're giving some flexibility to the Miz. Some. The Miz some. gets some. I think Jericho gets some. Goldberg was not scripted on his uh, comeback interview. And look how good it was. You just remarked on it. Did you know he wasn't scripted? He was not told what to say. Talked about his family, did the deal. Yeah, we've, we've had this conversation before about it being organic, about it. You, you've used the word homogenized, I think is the perfect way to describe it. You, I believe, uh, brought a topic up on one of our shows a couple weeks ago about the Attitude Era. Those guys got to develop their characters, and a lot of it was based on their own personality. They don't get to do it now. Like I said, Cena, The Miz, they don't even give Roman. They, they want to make him the guy, but they keep him so in a little box that I can't imagine you're out there feeling comfortable about what you're doing. I don't think they handcuff. I've told you about this. Mm -hmm. I think they let Enzo make up his own jokes. I don't like him. No, you don't. I don't don't think he's funny. I enjoy not laughing at what he says. (laughs) (laughs) I... The reverse pop. Yes, I pop for myself when I don't laugh at what he says. But other than that, everything is is scripted, yeah. Yeah, it it takes a lot away from the show. It takes a lot away from the characters. And like you said, it it does suck to have somebody in such a prominent position who's giving advice that no one can take. They can't throw stuff at the wall to see what sticks. Steve Austin, again, he repeats himself. He said, it was seven years before I got comfortable in the business. These guys can't get comfortable quite the way that he did. It is not that. He loves the word organic. Steve Austin, let's have a drinking game. Every time he says organic during his podcast, <laughs> take a swig. There's nothing organic. It's very. It's an oxymoronic term to use when we're discussing this product because nothing is organic. The fans are the only thing about the product that are organic, and we know how hard that we're squelched down. Yeah. Hashtag Daniel Bryan. <laughs> Even even the fans a lot in a lot of cases aren't organic. No, like the the uh, the requirement to throw a this is awesome chant or no. even even Goldberg I think not to get back to that but I don't know that people were cheering for Goldberg on his return because they were cheering for Goldberg. It's like oh we're supposed to go crazy to like this. Guy. No, I think they were cheering for him. See, you're uh, such a hater. I, I am, my man. Stop. <laughs> I I do think like the, there are certain obligatory chants that. Just have to come up. What, what is an obligatory that? chant? Like, really? Like, you're talking to an ECW Arena oh. original. There's no such thing as an obligatory chant. There shouldn't be. Well, crowds nowadays are trying to, like, get themselves over. If I went to a full sale university taping, I, I would be dragged out in handcuffs. <laughs> I would be arrested. Because I would fight every moron there with their, this is awesome chant, and you deserve, you deserve what? What do you even deserve? What are you talking about? It makes me hate humanity even more, Ron. Can we buy him a ticket to... Don't. I, I would love Don't. To. This is not a social experiment. <laughs> no. It is you now. You don't want no. to know the results of this experiment? <laughs> it, it, it would not be pretty. I would get in a verbal... It would be fisticuffs. I can't stand the concept of an obligatory chant. Really? Are you kidding me? You're not doing this. You're doing it to get on TV and a rag with your buddies. It, exactly. Yeah, it's how right. felt at SummerSlam. It was just like waiting for the next time they could get to do one of these dumb Can't games. do it. There's, I can't there's a shows. rumor going around that you have some uh, bright pink medium shirt from Express <laughs> that you like to wear and talk about. I want to send you to Full Sail in that in shirt, shirt immediately. I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> well, speaking of chants, I know this is something that the ECW chant is still alive. It's alive, but it's not well. 
the, uh, okay. All right. My first ECW show was in like Allentown in 1994. Okay. I saw Shane Douglas when Shane Douglas had the first ECW title was falling apart and he was on his crusade against Ric Flair. I was 13 years old. The chant, okay, for those of you that want to keep it alive, is ECW. ECW. <laughs> this ECW stuff, I can tell right off the bat that you never attended an ECW house show before its initial closing in 2001. When I went back to the, all of the nostalgia shows in 2005, 2006, I, I thought I was hearing <laughs> things because, and here again, it's this new hipster fan base. They wear fedoras. You like to say <laughs> that every time. The fedoras yeah, and the like flag. They drink $7 cans of PBR. <laughs> Seriously. Again, your mother should have thrown you down a well. <laughs> you are a follower. You have not studied history. I would actually bet a mortgage payment that your boy Aaron, or however he spells his name. It's Aaron. Aaron. Probably chance ECW. ECW, ECW. <laughs> Go back and look at some original uh, ECW tapings that used to air on Sports Channel Philadelphia, 2 a.m. on a Tuesday. Listen to the chants. You can hear the trail off. Bull you. Bull you. Okay? We're not, the, we're not the most erudite fan base in the world, but it was ECW. We could spell. This new ECW stuff, it's like shortening words and stuff. It's like, you know. I, I guess it's a result of social media speak, which again I, I can't get into, but it it drives me to drink. But you drink. love social media, yeah. <laughs> and Aaron likes you. I don't like him. How about that? <laughs> I, I think I can confirm Aaron does not say easy dub, but I guess that's because. But he doesn't like Marty Jannetty, so I know all. No, Aaron doesn't about Aaron. like Marty Jannetty. Say again, they're not even important enough for me to know their names. One of them spat on the mic. One of them said that the chair was his. Either way. They couldn't hold my jock strap on their best day. <laughs> okay. So back on track. <laughs> I take my wrestling fan seriously, folks. You do. You do. And that, I think that's what we love about you is how seriously you take it. Um Laugh, you had brought up a topic before that I think is interesting. Is the best wrestlers to never hold a world title or you know, the world title. Uh I don't know if you guys have one, if you have multiple. I'm just going to go with one because this is my guy that I would like to have seen hold a world title in, whether it was WWF or WCW. I feel like I know who you're going to say before you say it. Scott Hall is who I'm going to say. Was that who you thought or no? No. Okay. Scott Hall, to me, I thought Razor Ramon, phenomenal character. He was a huge part of... It, it was a down era for WWE, but he was one of the bright spots in it. Uh, he was... The first guy to make the jump to WCW, he kind of got the whole Outsiders thing started. I honestly, I don't know. Would the Outsiders have gotten over as big as they did if it was Nash that went first? No. Do you think so? They just discussed this on the on the uh, JBL interview. I, I don't know. I, it's hard for me to say. I can't think like that. Um, I do not think the Ramon character should have been a world champion. Um, I remember he wrestled Bret Hart for the title at the Rumble 93. The Rumble, yeah. He wore red that, that show, I remember. <laughs> and I remember thinking, like, this is just a filler match. I, I knew at the time, I was I was 12 years old, I was like, this is not a, uh, 
a, a real title match. I, I never viewed him as anything more than like a, an upper mid Carter. And I do know people that really liked uh, Razor Ramon. Do you feel that he should have held the title as Razor Ramon or Scott Hall in WCW? More so Scott Hall in WCW. I couldn't. I, I just totally disagree. I just don't say it. I, I'm not. It doesn't jibe with me. Wait, wait. You, so you think he should have held the title as Razor Ramon more so than Scott neither, Hall? Neither. Neither. I never saw either character portrayal as a world title contender. Really? Never. Never. It was always solid mid-card to me. Perfect intercontinental champion. Maybe a good filler contender for a world title, but nobody was ever going to be seriously uh, considered for that for that role. Never. That's interesting. And it's not because I like disliked him. I just never saw him like that. Yeah, I thought his, his size, his presence, I thought he was entertaining. He had a great look. I thought he could have good matches. I liked his psychology. Um, he got heat from the fans. I agree with you. I, I think Razor Ramon should have been a champion. I, I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, he's my top guy. My second guy, I'm, I'm assuming the guy you thought I was going to say was maybe Kurt Hennig. Nope. No? Okay. Well, now, who did you think I was going to say? I don't want to say it in case it's on his list. Okay. Will you tell me at the end then? Of course. Okay, good. So, Laugh, who do you got? Those two guys, Perfect and Razor, I love both of those. I am going to use another name mm-hmm. that I hope gets you upset because you told me <laughs> that, take much, that, you, that you don't like him. But And I'm talking about the WWE title. Mm-hmm. That's the, the main title to me. Roddy Piper. Mm. That's what I thought you were going to say, Ron. That's a common argument. Yeah. And I want WrestleMania 1. I understand Rocky Three was going on, Thunderlips, Mr. T, MTV with Lou Albano, Cindy Lauper, mm-hmm. all of that rock and wrestling, Vince's first show, yes, Madison sorry. Square Garden. <laughs> that was three, right? Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot going on at the time. I think it would have been a better story if Piper was the champ there. And the ultimate babyface of all time, Hulk Hogan, went over on Piper in the main event at WrestleMania One, and it wouldn't—it didn't need to be a clean win over Hogan. Orton could have hit him with with his forearm, with his cast. Uh, Orndorff was involved. Or- Orndorff could have could have done something to give Piper the cheap win. Piper should have been champion going into WrestleMania one with Hogan going over. It would have been, it would have been wonderful. Uh, Piper's my. Answer. I love they were even fantasy booking the original WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now, Paul, best wrestler never to hold a world title. Um, I wanted to just touch on the Piper thing real quick. Mm-hmm. Do you know why Piper never held a world title? Well, the, well, go ahead. Can I guess? Go. I don't know. Okay. Hogan didn't want him to beat him. That's not it at all. He never needed to. That's what I was going to say. He never needed the belt. He would have said that himself. I think he would have wanted the belt. Mm -hmm. Roddy Piper did not need the belt. Same thing for Andre. Didn't need the belt. Yeah, the guys who they would have done more for the belt than the belt did for them. Um, When we had this conversation um, off camera, you had this long list and I wanted to like slam your head into a wall. (laughs) The list shouldn't be that big. 
the list of people not to have held a world title who should have been considered, it should be so prestigious that you don't feel a lot of people should have held the belt. You said you had five guys originally in your list? I can give you more than that. Don't. It's way too much. <laughs> You're going to continue to lose credibility with me if you give me more. I want can, you to know that. Can I ask you a question, please? The build-up to WrestleMania three, when with the Hebner screwing Hogan, the 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 Hebner brother screw job. That was WrestleMania four. February fifth. That's what I meant to say. Thank you. <laughs> First the, date, what, I think you dropped. What does that show in the history books? It is Andre. And the Million Dollar Man, are they they're shown not as considered? Champ- they're not really considered champions. Um, in the PWI Almanac, it basically went from, um, I, I want to say it went from Hogan to Savage, but there was, um, there was a footnote on Savage's name which gave the explanation of Andre won the belt under questionable means, tried to sell the title, that was null and void, didn't count, and then it was decided at the WrestleMania 4 tournament. As best I can remember from the PWI Almanacs, which I... T- Took and still do take as gospel. <laughs> I have one of those. I'll bring the next time. I have we... them all. That's fine. Um, for me, you know, for for years, I used to say I used to think that uh, Arn Anderson was the best, not to hold a world title. But again, if I'm going to be honest with myself, he's like Piper. He probably wasn't even to Piper's level. Uh, he was not a world champion contender. But um, I always feel like Double I never got his just due. For me, DiBiase. Uh, Ted DiBiase could have been a bona fide world title contender. He was in line for the NWA title, I believe. Um, and I think Harley Race was voted upon by the committee. And I believe he won that vote by, like, one. Mm. Um, the North American title that DiBiase won was created for him. And it was uh, uh, eventually that title, if, if you follow the lineage closely, merged into the beginnings of the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, so DiBiase was was um, considered for the NWA. He could have been the NWA champion. He could have been the WWF champion, either or. Um, for me, I think he's the best wrestler to never have held a world title. Um, I don't think it diminishes his career, his legacy at all. At all. I really don't. He's another one of those guys that most people remember who he is. Sure. So a lot of it is about character, and his character was so strong, so different, so unique that it didn't matter so much that he... And plus, it's awesome that he had his own title. Oh, man. <laughs> Which you still need, by the way. I do. I I do. I would like to get a picture of you holding the million-dollar title. <laughs> We've been saying that for a while. Good gravy. <laughs> the, the last thing I want to touch on here before we get out of here... We've had a lot of discussion about WWE programming. I think you mentioned at one point the 17 hours of wrestling. It's more than that. It's more than that. We have a new show added, 205 Live. The Cruiserweights now are going to have their own weekly show. What is it, Thursday nights or Tuesday? No, it's on Tuesday nights. Wednesday nights. nights. Or is it Tuesday nights? I think it's It's after SmackDown, but it airs. Yeah. Is this necessary? Joe, what do you think? No. Do we need it? Does this do? Does this now kind of reduce the cruiserweights even a little more? Because I think they think it's it's raising them up to give them their own show. I told you, Swan's entrance is my favorite thing on the wall right now. <laughs> it, is good, no, it is good stuff. I, I get agree. out of my chair. I, I don't dance. I should film it. Yeah. But I, and that's gotten him over with with the backstage brass. I have a natural reaction to that entrance. I'm like this. This guy's great. Yeah, you can handle it. (laughs) The original text, for those of you not in the know, uh, was, I can't handle his entrance. Because it it invigorates you so. On the 10 o'clock hour, you find yourself all juiced up. But I I go back 
to my points from last show, and I still feel that way. It's not the main title. I feel like they're getting too much time. There's other guys that should be showcased more during Raw. Mm-hmm. Like Titus. And <laughs> and, I, and I can't get into the cruiserweights. I, I can't. There's going to be a new show. I won't watch it. If the two of you or other close friends tell me to watch a match, I'll go back. If I read about it online, you miss this, I'll go watch it, but I won't watch it live. Paul? I'll watch it. (laughs) (laughs) I hate it. And you're thrilled about it. Oh, my goodness. It is like... I enjoy the Cruiserweight Classic. Maybe it's because it was the summertime and I was off, but... I'm sure that was part of it. uh, You know... I gotta be honest, it's probably the only good thing you've done in your life, Laugh, but when you introduce the concept of the cruiserweight title, the way it's being kind of, uh, it's so insular and pigeonholed in its own, like, brand almost, that it it kind of, like, you know, it it takes the concept of going for a world title. Um, I never thought of it like that. Um, It's, again, it's the only good thing that you've brought to this show. It really made me think of it. Beyond that, everything else is dripping. he's brought something. Yeah, something. He's 0 for the, 1, 1 for everything else. Uh, gee whiz, I just, what is Vince thinking? Is it a, is it a, is it a Triple H passion project? Is it an ego thing? Like, they've got to understand that less is more. They're making money hand over fist. Stephanie just signed a new contract where she gets like $9,000 a week as a talent performer. This is on top of her executive contract. Like, can we please stop? I'll watch it. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I haven't decided if I'll watch it or not. You will. You're going to get sucked in. Uh-huh. No, you're watching it just because it's there or because you like these I guys that are going to be I do like the style. I do like the guys. I do like that they give a forum. You know, this happens like every like 10 years or so. You know, give the workers a chance because certain people, they like work rate as opposed to, you know, <laughs> they forget what brought what brung them to the dance. It's pro wrestling. And we like seeing what WWE can do. Again, it's never going to be a work rate promotion. It'll never happen. It's not based on that. I don't know. We'll see what they do. Um, I assume they're going to tape it. They're not going to tape it full sale. They're going to tape on the road. Correct. Eh, we'll see what that does. The arena is going to be empty, um, mm-hmm. depending on the tape after SmackDown. Uh, people who work for the shows are already grumbling because it's an extra hour they have to stay. Yeah. I don't know. I, who knows what they think? I just. How do they expect the demographic to whom they appeal to be able to watch all of this? If they're going for an 18 to 35-year-old male or 35 to 49, we've got lives. Like, do they think their audience is 18 to 49-year-old unemployed males who have They must. Else to do? <laughs> and I'm sure it's a lot of them, but I got a hot wife and a kid. <laughs> that you need to attend to. Yes. Do yeah. the people that pay $9.99, are they complaining about wanting more content? Do we know that? I don't know. Have you have you ever gotten the uh, the email to fill out like the uh, surveys? No. So I've gotten a couple. I don't pay for my network. So, <laughs> <don't pay> for <laughs> and, uh, so you're you're the smartest one in the bunch. I don't pay. <laughs> I uh, yeah. I've never answered that. I I've given Vince enough money. All right. <laughs> yeah. I've never complained that I want more content. I want better content, like they, more consistently good content. But they uh they had at the end of last year, I think forty five hundred hours on the network. Their goal at the end of twenty. 16 is to have upwards of 7,200 hours of content on the network. Wow. You know, I, I've thought about committing a crime, and for those of you that watch Oranges of the New Black, uh-huh. I just want to go to prison, and three to five years, a small sentence, <laughs> I'll pay the fine, give me three to five years. 
It'd be great. I would read, I would lift weights, and I'd watch the network. That is the only way I'm going to be able to watch the content. Is if I commit a crime, maybe involuntary manslaughter. Yeah, what's his name? Aaron? Eric? <laughs> Eric. And I go to prison and I have all that time. Because beyond that, I just can't watch it and digest it and enjoy it. It's a chore. Uh, I agree. So You like that idea? I, I kind of No, do. it's awful. Nah, come on. I think it's a good idea. Involuntary. Three to five. <laughs> he didn't mean it. He didn't mean for it to happen. Oops. Um, so 205 Live, the newest thing is coming at the end of November. Another hour of product that we probably don't need. Uh, but like you said, you'll watch it. You think I'm going to watch it? You will. Do you think Joe will watch it too? Or do you? He'll get him? sucked in. It's Vince's Kool Aid, man. <laughs> We're all drinking. Drink it, still. it in, man. We do. We do. We On do. that note, I think it's time to wrap it up. <laughs> Paul, great to have you on the show. Thanks again, again Ron. Joe, great to have you as well. Ron, thank you for having me. No problem. That is Matt Madness Unsanctioned for this week. I am Ron Pashery for Joe Lafferty and Paul Carboni. We will see you next time. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the mission, man. It ain't safe to land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.